Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. Welcome to this segment of Law and Reality. Today's topic is solving and avoiding tax problems. With us today, Jenny Wingo. Good morning. Hi, Ken. Good to be here to talk about my favorite topic. Taxes. Yes, absolutely. You, you share that spot <laughs> with probably three other people in the world. That's pretty cool. It's. I think it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, I think that's actually really. It cool. isn't actually avoiding and solving tax problems is an interesting topic. Taxes per se has an interesting segment to it, but the concept of paying taxes is something that well, I don't well, like to think about. Well, that's a different, different. Well, that was going to be my first question to Jenny. I was well, like, wait, who are you? Oh. Corey. <laughs> Corey, welcome. Uh, good to see you back again. Corey Silverstein, he's our newest member of the Law and Reality team, criminal law and internet and technology expert. Good to have you, Corey. A pleasure to be here again, Kim. By the way, if you're hey, wondering Jenny. what happened to Brian Small, he's on vacation, but he'll be back with us next week. The truth is they found me better looking, so they decided to have me on the show. Well, you have more hair. <laughs> not we'll, much. We'll give not, Brian. Not, we'll not give not Brian much. an opportunity to uh, well, respond uh, at the beginning always, of the very next show. I promise. Brian always says he has a face made for radio, and I always endorse him on that statement. <laughs> All right, the absolute most important things you need to know when it comes to addressing a tax problem. That's what I want to know, Jenny. Well, I, I think the, the first thing, the very first thing that you, you have to know is that you do have to file your tax returns. Um, a lot of people get stuck in the, well, I didn't file last year. I didn't file the year before. I think I'm going to owe. Um, if I don't do it, they won't find me. Um, and, and the problem there, kind of piggybacking off of what we talked about uh, on last week's show um, relating uh, to the criminal aspect of things is not filing your tax returns is actually a, a criminal. Uh, you can actually go to jail. The U.S. Marshal can actually show up at your house uh, for not filing your tax returns. So the first thing I tell people is let's get you into filing compliance. Uh, if you're sitting there right now, we've already passed the extension deadline. Um, but for most people, I say if you're going to owe, file timely because there's a 25% yeah, penalty. Penalty for not filing timely. Let me pop in on that. Is like beyond the fact that you could subject yourself to criminal prosecution, which is not common. It's rare. But the people that you see, we do see movie stars get prosecuted and public figures that don't file. I'm going to disagree with you. Um, I've actually had quite a few clients, and basically what happens is they're so used to ignoring their mail, they get a summons to appear before the IRS with a couple years tax returns or some financial information. They don't show up. They get a last chance letter. Uh, Then it goes to the judge who who then sets a a pre-hearing conference. You don't show up to that. The next thing you know is you've got the U.S. Marshal knocking on your door. Which is a foolish thing to allow yourself to happen. Silly. Very silly. Now, let me compound the stupidity, though. If you... the, the, The stupidity gets compounded because when you don't file your tax return timely, you're subjected to a 25% penalty that accumulates 5% per month. That means in five months, you've immediately increased your tax liability by 25%. Plus, they charge interest not only on the tax that is owed, but on the penalties as well. And it doesn't prevent the Internal Revenue Service from finding you. Right. Now, to distinguish that, not because here's where people are at. I'm self-employed. 
I didn't pay my estimates. I know I have a tax liability. The tax returns due April 15th. I put it on extension. It's now due October 15th. I still haven't, I don't have the cash to pay the taxes. And they go into the avoidance threshold. Right, and, and at that and point, say, they haven't paid their estimates for that year either. So now I don't want to file <laughs> so that that way they won't find me. That's the wrong, it's the terrible move. Because just like you said, they will find you anyway, eventually. You can't avoid it. And now you've increased your tax liability by 25% for no reason. And even worse for self-employed individuals, because what happens is the IRS computer system will match up the income that was reported to you, and they'll prepare what they call a substitute for return, which means if you're self-employed and you're that truck driver, they give you zero expenses for gas, tolls, or any of those items. And all of a sudden, your uh, tax liability that may have been $10,000 is now $150,000. And because it's a substitute for ret- for return, it's not something that you can discharge in bankruptcy. Wait, what do you mean by that? So in this district, when the IRS files a return for you, it doesn't meet the voluntary compliance of the return part. So a lot of people will come in after and file a return for reconsideration, and that return may be adjusted or the IRS's return may be correct, but you lose the opportunity to ever discharge that tax in bankruptcy okay, should you otherwise qualify. Right, so that's why I want to back up a little bit. Is This is something people don't realize. Income taxes are dischargeable in bankruptcy. Most bankruptcy lawyers don't even know the rule and don't tell their clients because it's a little bit complicated, but it's not overly complicated. Income taxes can be discharged if you meet the rule. If they're more than, what, three years? It has to have come due three years ago. You have to have filed within the last two years, and any additional assessments had to have been made in the last 240 days. There's also a whole slew of other rules uh, that have to be looked at, but um, that's but generally something the you attorney can would do. So, if I, so it's 2018 now. So if I have a 2014 tax obligation, it was due April 15th, 2015, that's more than three years ago because we're now in November of 18. Correct. I can discharge so even if that they tax. had filed an extension, yet, assuming you had filed within the last two two years and that there had been no additional assessments. Additional assessments happen. Um, I know that we've not often explained it. If, if you miss something on your return, the IRS computer system picks it up and says you didn't yeah, include that $10,000 distribution. I have, yeah. a, I have a question, Jenny, mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm hearing the, you know, almost want to call it the gloom and doom situation. And, and from if I heard you correctly, it's not as though you potentially getting charged with a crime and, and sheriffs coming to your house. It's not going to be like there there weren't multiple opportunities that where you got notice of, hey, you need to contact us. You need to talk. Absolutely. To us. There's been there's been multiple. But you notices. have to pay attention to your mail. But it is gloom and doom, which is why the way I run my consultations, when I do a free consultation, it's not a meet and greet and, hey, there's all these different programs, is they sit down and they don't know what they filed, what they've not filed. They may owe 100000 they owe a million. And what I start with is I said, let's start with the end. Let's take a look at where you're at and what the IRS is going to require of you, and then we'll go back. So typically, sometimes I'll look and I'll say, well, you qualify for uh, an offer and compromise, which means the IRS will accept less as than is due and write it off or you qualify for a very small installment agreement or you would be uncollectible meaning there's no payment or we might be able to plan for a bankruptcy I give them that information first so then they relax 
And I say, now let's get into kind of the nitty gritty of of where you stand, what hasn't been filed, what all of the issues are. Um, but I try to give them a little bit of that relief in the beginning to tell them that there's solutions and here's what they likely are. And then I go back. So, so the solutions are there, Corey. Okay. It's just the gloom and doom arises from failing to address the problem. And there's the, and I think I want to divide that into two two pies. Pie A is just if you're listening to the show, make sure that you get you take out of here this notion of never miss the filing date because that increases the tax and does you no good. That's a giveaway to the government that you don't want to give them. If you don't have the money to pay the tax, we have solutions to that. Jenny's got a multitude of solutions. Look at what the ones she just listed. Offering compromises where we try and settle for pennies on the dollar, basically, if you meet the formula, which we'll talk about. You can be deemed currently not collectible. If your income is low enough and you don't have any assets, even if you owe a liability, they'll just leave you alone. Even if you have assets, they'll sometimes put you in uncollectible. They'll leave you alone. Or you can get into an installment payment plan. You can always deal with the problem of payment. It's why incur that liability of making it 25% higher. The, you can't, if you've already done that, that doesn't mean turn off the radio and, sit and jump into the pool because you're, 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 you're done. You've just increased the liability needlessly. We can still deal with the problem. But on a go-forward basis, I want people to say, and when you talk to your friends, say to them, no matter what happens, you got to file your tax return on time. Don't give away 25% extra to the you government. Know, and right now is actually the perfect time that I like when people come in to me because most people that are self-employed, um, they've missed their estimated tax payments or if they're owing taxes, they don't have the appropriate withholding and we know they're going to owe for 2018 as well. So what we make sure is starting in the new year that we get you fixed from a going forward basis that you're paying in the appropriate amount, but we also make sure in whatever collection alternative that we're going to choose that we're going to include include the 2018 tax year, which it hasn't come due yet. So, you know, we've had this big tax cut. And I saw recently the deficit has increased 17% from the last, in the last year. Are you seeing anything from the Internal Revenue Service indicating that they're going to increase enforcement and collection activity compared to previous yeah. years? So what what I have seen, there's been been a couple of things that are, are kind of, well, the three things I can say is, one, I'm being told directly from my friends that work with the Internal Revenue Service that they've Wait, heard. you have friends there? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you, I, you know, can I have all their phone numbers? No, you, you have to work with it's people in order to, to get friends. good solutions for yes, your clients. Absolutely. So they're seeing that there is going to be an increase or an unfreezing of the hiring to to do some more collections. Two, they've always had the ability to use a third party collection agency. Um, the Michigan Department of Treasury uses one. The Internal Revenue Service was going to use one. I want to say five, six, seven years ago, and they started the process and then they yanked it. It back for whatever reason. I am seeing those notices go back out that you've been referred to a collection agency. And three, since 2015, they've had the ability uh, to revoke or refri- refuse to give you a passport um, if you are seriously delinquent on your taxes. I've not seen them enforce that until recently. I started seeing the specific letters that were saying in bold, uh, seriously delinquent, we may revoke or refuse to renew your passport. I actually um, saw 
an article in the Wall Street Journal on that last So month. how they're defining the seriously delinquent is for an individual that owes uh, $51,000 or more that is not currently on some type of collection alternative, such as an installment agreement or has a, a filed offer and compromise. Do they, Jenny, does the, does the IRS, do they want it to get to that point or would, would, they, would they prefer to actually be working with uh, with the the taxpayer or the taxpayer's representative to to come right and that is the biggest surprising thing that people are always shocked to hear from me is that the thing that the internal revenue service wants the most is not even the money they want you to be compliant meaning that you have filed your tax returns and that you have started paying in the current year what you should Um, and then they want the information to set you up on the appropriate collection alternative under the internal revenue code and internal revenue manual Um, my client i talked about first that had the u.s marshal out so they hid from the U.S. Marshal. They showed up at my office, had a CPA down the hall prepare a couple years of tax returns. And then I went through and we pulled up their bank statements. I faxed everything to the revenue officer while they were sitting in my office. Revenue officer says, well, we know that they're in your office right now. And I said, yes, I'm aware of that. She says, let me call the attorney. She calls the attorney and she says, well, Miss Lingle, the representative has given us everything that we've needed. They said, okay, great. We're, we're canceling it. We're putting you in uncollectible. So they agreed that we had all of this mess, U.S. Marshal, three hours in my office doing things and uh, sending them over to the Internal Revenue Service, the Internal Revenue Service says, thank you, your monthly payment plan is zero because we see you can't afford to pay us. Yeah, I've never seen the solution. Yeah, and I've never seen in my practice the, the you can understand, I, I can understand the perspective where someone's afraid, you know, they, so, so they Easy. let these things go, they, they, they're, they're coming, they got hard times going on and they're afraid. But I can tell you that I've never seen a situation where you've got a federal warrant out for you and the U.S. Marshals are, are hunting for you where this is going to end well. It never ends well. And in fact, quite frankly, it's, it's that re- end result can end up causing additional trauma to... Well, you, to, want, you, you want to take action before it gets yep. to that point, but tax problems, generally speaking, in our experience, end well. They're, right. So in this instance, these never people didn't as big file of a problem as people think they right. are. They didn't file fraudulent returns. They didn't hide money. They were just terrified and ignoring the Internal Revenue Service because they were really literally just scraping by. And all the IRS wanted in this case was the documents that they had issued the summons for. They reviewed them and they said, you're right. Your client can't afford to pay us based on our own guidelines. So the whole thing with them was just their failure to provide the appropriate documentation. <laughs> As a defense lawyer, Jenny, I get I, I get this question all the time where, where people say, well, you know, I, I just want to go into court and, and, and I'm innocent and I just want to tell my story. <laughs> I don't want to bring in a lawyer with me because I think by bringing in a lawyer, it's going to make me look guilty or I'm somehow going to be admitting to the court that I'm guilty. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. In, in text, let, let me let, let me jump in and say because I was thinking about that while you were talking before, Jenny. Is the IRS wants compliance? So in the one in, in one hand, you could be thinking, well, they aren't so unreasonable. We can deal with them, and if they just want compliance, I'll go in on my own. Big mistake because even though. Some of Jenny's friends listen to our show and, and, and sometimes call her up and say, well, we disagree with something that Ken or Jenny might have <laughs> yes, said. Yes, they do that. There's a little conundrum there. If you go it on your own, the system is designed to only pursue the government's interest and to take advantage of you 
of your of your lack of knowledge of the procedures. So you don't get the benefits and the procedures that are there well, for you. It's, Whereas when you have representation, Jenny makes sure that you're protected. And, and I can tell you oftentimes when we're involved Great in the collection, as I'll have a revenue officer look at me and say, oh, thank God, I am so happy you're on this case. Your clients have no idea what I'm talking about. They're not cooperating. I'm two seconds away. The levies are sitting here. And I talk to my client, they're like, but I gave her everything. A lot of what we have to do with this is dot your I's and cross your T's. Um, there's a lot of different avenues to resolve. And most people in the collection department and the revenue officers, they don't understand the bankruptcy. They don't know how the offer works. They know how their specific job works. So you do need to have representation for most of this. Oftentimes, what I'll tell clients will say, well, I thought I was cooperating. I'm going to give my accounts receivable list. And now they levied every single one of my large contracts. And now I have no money. I don't understand. Not a good thing. And I'll tell them, well, what you didn't do was provide them X, Y, and Z with a processable request for a collection alternative, which would tie their hands until they made a determination that you were allowed to appeal. So you have to protect yourself, and you're not going to know those procedures. That's why you have Jenny. She knows those procedures in order to deal with that situation. And they even try to never, pull that on me Never sometimes. go it alone. They'll say, well, I'm going to levy your client. And I say, well, did you issue uh, the, I don't see my letter from the independent review. You are affirming your decision. Oh, Miss Lingle, we're going to play it that way. Yes, that's how we're going to play it. And then we end up getting getting that issue resolved. But it happens over and over again where people think that they're they're working with the Internal Revenue Service and then all of a sudden the rugs were ripped it's out. Kind, right kind of like road. when people used to went through the process where they were trying to avoid foreclosure and they were dealing with the mortgage lender trying to get the mortgage modified. On the one hand, and meanwhile, the lawyers for the mortgage company were foreclosing on their homes on the other hand. Similar type of conundrum that goes on. You can't rely on your adversary to look out for you in any circumstance. It doesn't matter. In, it, anything in law, anything in government, anything like that. You need someone who's looking out and protecting your, yourself. What people don't realize is this is not a cost prohibitive area. It's not an area where it, it can be cost prohibitive. If you go to a shark who wants to rip you off and charge you $10,000 when the fee should be $1,500 to resolve a tax issue, you're going to end up, you're going to make a mistake if you pay the wrong person the, the wrong amount of money. You have to look out and find good, competent representation. But tax problems, for the most part, are not very expensive to resolve. No, not when we're talking about just here, what we've been talking about today is on the collection side. And a lot of people go to national companies for what the, the offer and compromise program. And whenever they come to my office for that second opinion, I say, well, what did the national company say your offer was going to be? What dollar amount? Oh, we didn't get that far. Well, I can tell you within 15 to 45 minutes sitting in my office, as long as you know how much your car payment is, your house payment, and those sort of things, I will tell you or not whether you qualify, and I will tell you the exact dollar amount that it's likely to be, and I'm usually within a couple hundred dollars. What people don't realize on offering compromises, it's not about how much you owe and who you know at the IRS to get the deal. It doesn't matter if you owe $10 million or 20,000, the amount of the offer is based upon your assets, assets that you've dissipated, which means you've given away or spent in the last, what, three years? Correct, usually. And what your current income is versus your expenses. And it's a formula that Jenny knows how to compute you know, out of the back of her head um, or 
backside of her hand or whatever. Right, and there's all right. sorts of little caveats and little things that apply. I could bore people for hours, but we, when people come into my office, we talk about their specific situation. And then what also happens is um, a lot of times these national companies say, well, if it's rejected, um, that $10,000 fee doesn't cover our appeal. And I always say, of course, it's going to cover the appeal because half the time they've gotten better. But in the past, they used to get so many offers that they would rubber stamp them no, um, and I would get their tables and their math would be completely wrong. It was like, geez, can't that, we even- That almost sounds like what Jeff Kirshner always talks about on Social Security Disability, that your first application for disability is almost always denied by the government. And the mistake people make in that circumstance is rather than appeal it, they let it go and then they reapply. And when you reapply, you start the whole process over again. You're going to get denied again. The only way you're ultimately going to prevail in workers' comp so, or in social security disability is to appeal the decision that denies you, and then you'll eventually get success if you meet the criteria. And it works the same way with an offer. I had a client last week. He has his rejection letter. He's got 30 days to appeal. I looked at it, and I said they used the wrong standard here. They didn't give the Internal Revenue Manual provision here. They didn't do this. Perfect. Let's file the protest, are, and this will get accepted. Are you, are you saying, Jenny, that the government isn't perfect? Do they, do they actually make mistakes? Well, they're individuals, so of course they make mistakes. Some of them make mistakes because they don't know the law. Some are sloppy. Uh, some say that they have got so many files that they're trying to process that it's in and out, and even if you correct them, too bad, I already pushed the button. I'm not fixing it. Yeah. Let me give you an example of a case Jenny and I worked together uh, over the course of it. Was, it was a long case that, in terms of getting it resolved, but it was the, the mistake of not filing the return. We had an insurance agent client who had his own agency, and he got into that bad habit of not filing the returns, and he also had a very difficult time. He lost some records. There was a flood. If you remember out in Huntington Woods, there's a big flood at one point, so he lost records. So the government came in and did substitute returns for him and took all the 1099s that went to his insurance agency for all of the sales that he had. And gave him no expenses at all. He ended up owing like $2 million after that audit. And he did not attend the audit. And he did not let us know the audit was going on. And he missed a bunch of deadlines uh, for some of them. And some we were able to petition. So in essence, you're saying that the government basically just did their own thing without him. They took his gross income. (laughs) Okay. And then they subtracted and gave him his standard deduction for himself and his wife. And that's it. So, and this gentleman, for example, when he took in a million dollars of gross receipts in his business, he had numerous, over 100 insurance agents during that year working for him. So he actually paid out 900000 But he didn't come to the table with the records. So the IRS just put the only information they have, which was the reported income. Ultimately, but it was a long process, we were able to get the government to accept corrected returns. Corrected returns, Absolutely. And his liability was how much? Was it was minimal. Up, it ended up being around $50,000. And then at that oh. point, they put him in uncollectible. Now, his was very long because each time we corrected a problem, he created five new ones. But most people, once we get them on the right path, uh, see what they need to do and don't make the same mistake see, twice. We were able to recreate the records, estimate the expenses, and talk rationally to the government from the standpoint of, what the return what what made sense in the returns and Jenny was able to convince them to accept them the whole point is being ignoring it created a multi-million dollar 
liability that he had never he didn't owe that money that wasn't what his ta- he wasn't making that kind of money the reason why he was having so much difficulty is he wasn't making enough money to be able to pay his accountant to do his records it's really what it came down to so it's it's sad it's sad to see a situation like that can happen but it can be avoided and it can be and it can be avoided by filing returns but it could be it, more more important is it could be corrected by taking action and in this case we were able to get a good positive result with it let's do announcements then we'll come back and wrap up I want to remind our listeners watch the TV version of on reality it's every Sunday TV 20 11 o'clock a.m we cover topics similar to the radio show but we go more in depth than we get Get the benefit of TV so we can put on to the screen case studies and numbers to show you how we make things work when it comes to relieving debt and when it comes to solving tax problems. A little, it's a little bit more uh, fun watching the TV show because you get to see, visualize the result as well, as well as hear it. Sign up for our monthly contest, free $50 Visa gift card. Give it away every month. Free Lawn Reality Golf Hat and a copy of my book, Dump Your Debt. Just go to the website, lawnreality.com. Pop your name in on the homepage where it says to enter the contest and you're entered. You can enter as many times as you want. We have a seminar coming up Wednesday, December 12th, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our offices in Bingham Farms. Give a smart present to your family and estate plan. You know, giving your family an estate plan is not going to be one that all the kids start jumping up and down under the Christmas tree saying, wow, I love my present. Thanks, mom and dad. But it is a good present for you to give to the family in addition to the regular gifts that you're going to give everybody else because the family needs to be protected. And an estate plan does that. If you've got young children, You need to have a guardian designation in your will. Otherwise, if mom and dad go down in the airplane, God forbid, who's going to take care of the kids? You need durable power of attorney. You need a health care power of attorney. You need proper planning. That's what an estate plan accomplishes. You want to be able to avoid probate when you pass away so that you don't waste a bunch of money and have the aggravation of going through the probate process needlessly. All those things get accomplished. That's what we're going to talk about at the seminar Uh, myself, Brian Small, Jeff Linden will present. We're going to talk about how to avoid probate as well as a probate fight. Attendees get a $300 gold certificate off the cost of any estate plan. Sign up at thavgross.com or lawandreality.com or call 888-235-HELP. Remember, you can always come in for a free consultation. You've got a criminal issue with Corey Silverstein. You've got a tax issue, Jenny Lingle. Business issue with myself, estate planning issue, Uh, and financial issues, budgeting issues with Brian Small, workers' comp, social security disability issues with Jeff Kirshner. Just go to the website, click on the appropriate box requesting a consult, or call 888-235-HELP and come in for a consult. Also, go to the website, check out our free uh, uh, reports. The newest report should be up and available on it, How to Resolve Tax Problems, written by yours truly and Jenny Lingle. It is a great detailed report talking about all the methods or most of the methods and systems that we talk about with regard to tax problems. I've never seen any report available like this on any other website from any other attorney or any other service. It's definitely worth taking a look at. So we got a couple minutes to wrap up. Tax problems. I think one of the things we didn't talk about was installment plans. What I mean, I owe 
there's numer- $15,000. There's numerous types of... Do I blow my head off if I owe $15,000 when I when it's you know, time to pay my tax you know, return? Ken, you're making a lot of references to airplane crashes <laughs> and blowing your head <laughs> off. you got to be explosive is these it, days. Is, is it because it's election day that you're really just amped it's up? It's not today? election day anymore. That's gone So when past. I meet with a client, oh, we walk through... We it's walk- election time. It's election time, sorry. All right. So when when I meet with you and you you owe fifteen thousand or you owe one point five million, it's kind of the same thing. We walk through whether you qualify for an offer, whether it's uncollectible, whether it's a bankruptcy, and whether it's an installment agreement. There's some streamlined installment agreements available if you're an individual and you owe less than fifty thousand. If you do it over seventy two months via direct debit, the IRS will agree not to file a lien, and you don't have to provide them any financial information. They've increased the threshold up to a hundred thousand. They'll take an eighty four month payment plan. Uh, assuming that will pay it in full within the statute, but they do file a lien. There's also 10 different types of installment plans that that I could go over, and that's why I like to do the free consultations, because I give you your specific plan. One of the things, if you listen to Jenny, you get a sense of how she addresses a tax problem, and it's similar if you come in with a financial problem or a business problem. When we do a free consultation, it's not like have a cup of coffee, meet and greet, and see how nice the offices are. Um, you can still have your cup of coffee and you can still see how nice the offices are. But what we do is we sit down and we analyze the problem in very specific terms and we always develop the solution. You You leave our office knowing what the solution to your problem is, how much it'll cost to do so, and what the next steps are to make it happen. It's not about, oh, we're so good, give us money and then we'll tell you the answer. I tell people the answer right off the bat so that they know where they're going. If they want to go and try and do it themselves, I always tell them it's a mistake and it's never going to work. But I'm not. we don't worry about that. What we worry about is making sure you get the right advice. That's where it's all about. That's what we're about. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Law and Reality.